0: HVAC 360 is brought to you today by gelatin mechanical accessories don't have any room in your project already fitting 10 pounds of waste in your five pound bags well relief is on its way with our gelatin accessories you know what they say there's always room for gelatin accessories that is perfectly acceptable replacements for the more rigid accessories like fire and smoke dampers duct transitions large access doors. We may not be UL listed, but you will love us how easy we make your life. Jiggle over and get yours today. Mandelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. Each week, I'm either sharing information and lessons learned from the field or talking with industry experts. But I don't stop there. I want to encourage you to double down on your weekly helping of HVAC knowledge by hopping on over to HVAC360.com and join my growing community of people just like you. So, what is up for this week? This week I'm going to take a little bit of a different tact. I'm going to try something new. What I'm going to do is I'm uh, taking a look at a couple of the industry magazines. This one happens to be the high performance buildings uh, that Ashray puts out. And I'm going to give a little article summary. So, if you're like me, you don't really enjoy reading. And if it's coming to you through your earphones, um, hey, all the better. So this one in particular is about uh, the LinkedIn net zero energy building that happened in Sunnyvale, California. Uh, Now, what they were doing, they were taking this, uh, an existing building, and they wanted to transition it into a new net zero energy building. It was kind of a test project for LinkedIn. They wanted to see if they could do it. Um, what they did is they took the, and they replaced the existing boilers and rooftops, and they threw in, no surprise, they threw in a VRF system, um, and they also used, uh, they basically separated it out, so they had four DOAS units with demand control ventilation. Now, obviously, they had heat recovery in those DOAS units to provide a little bit extra um, energy efficiency. Um, curiously enough, they decided on uh, plate and frame rather than any sort of energy wheel. Now, this is a better option if you want um, your uh, it to be a little bit more maintenance-friendly, uh, but you don't get any of those latent benefits that you would with an energy recovery wheel. I guess that wasn't a big deal in this particular climate. So, um, the one thing that was kind of curious, uh, the, uh, the project did have and again i guess a lot of these things are going to be curious they're just things that that popped out at me and and so i'm summarizing them for you um in the project it was a single story building and they didn't have a lot of daylighting options so they ended up putting like 20 skylights in uh and they used motorized dampers to be able to prevent glare so you wouldn't get too much sunlight uh, and they did that Um, the goal for the whole project was to try to get uh, an EUI of uh, 30 kilobtus per square foot per year, um, and this that was they they were hoping that 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 was going to be their energy usage of the building, and so they were also looking to pair that with uh, solar panels. Now, uh, the problem with solar panels on an existing roof, obviously it needed to have needed to be reinforced. You're really adding uh, a lot of weight to an existing roof. So they had to kind of jump through some hoops to make sure that they would be able to do that and make it happen. Um, one nice thing that they did, um, since they, um, they took the insulation, they moved it above the roof deck, and they were able to remove the existing drop ceiling. Now, this building, again, is single story. It was about 15 uh, feet uh, Florida roof deck. So, what they were able to do um, in addition to that is they were able to add 17 seven foot diameter uh, smart fans. So these are kind of, you know, I guess I envision, they didn't really explain it any further than that, but I envision these being like um your uh big ass fans that uh you know just slowly moving and circulating air. Obviously it's an office environment, so they didn't want to make it, you know, too much of a hassle, but uh or too much of an air airflow. But even a little, you know, slight airflow can make significant difference um when you're trying to uh uh cool occupants so one of the things shortly after they did occupy uh, they realized they were about 20% off from their net zero target um, the, one of the things that they did realize is that the the occupants had switched originally they had planned for some sports staff uh, but it was changed from that to engineering staff so surprise and the plug loads for the engineering staff were just you know uh, just quite a bit higher so Going down the road a little bit more, they uh, they actually had um, changed some staff. They they kind of uh, the space, I guess, has a lot of different uses, and they the I guess the engineering staff moved out, and some new staff moved in. And one of the things they did uh, that was kind of creative was they actually had a plug load reduction competition. They used an energy dashboard in the the main uh, lobby, and they were able to identify. Um, you know, have one side of the building be one team and another side of the building be the other team, and it was amazing because that um, they were able to reduce uh, every each side was able to reduce about twenty five percent of their plug load. So that's that's really significant. Um, so after the first twelve months, their EUI um, originally it was uh, it was higher. It was the forty um, 40 kilo BTUs per square foot per year. Um, they and they did get it down. To you know, after they use this uh, measurement verification and analyze the whole thing, they were able to get it down to that 30 uh, EUI goal. Um, however. On the flip side, their generation, their panel, panels, they had some inverter issues, so the panels didn't quite do what they were saying that they were going to do, and they were down to about 20 EUI, so they really didn't, um, or 20 use per square foot per year, so they really were falling short on that generation. But you know, still, still, drastically uh, different. Some of some of the things that they learned throughout the process was that they made some changes. Um, originally the DOAS units had VFDs and VAVs, but because they, they noticed that this is going to be pretty much a, a constant occupancy when, when the building's occupied, there wasn't going to be a lot of changes. So the benefit of actually throttling back outside air for any particular area of the building wasn't going to be there. So they ended up saving about, you know, uh, around a hundred thousand dollars by removing VFDs and VAVs from those four DOAS units. Uh, they also took a look at whether or not solar hot water was a an option, and really, uh, the, interestingly enough, they found that um, you know using the PV, using electric domestic hot water with with the straightforward PV uh, was a lot better option than using the the solar hot water. So that was that was a trade off that they analyzed. They looked at and they found that hey, you know what, the solar hot water just didn't work in this situation. Another thing that they, they t- took a look at was that um, they took a look at comparing whether or not uh, they should add insulation to the perimeter walls, again, in an existing buildings. So they made a lot of these tra- trade offs. They also had some slot perimeter windows. And they noticed that, you know what, by adding slightly more PV than replacing or adding insulation to the exterior walls or replacing the windows that were already existing, uh, by adding more PV, it actually uh, was more cost effective uh, than doing the, the uh, insulation and window replacement. So all this was done, and I, and I guess this was kind of new to me because obviously I'm located here in the Midwest. But you know, the goal there—I guess there is a California uh, goal for office buildings to be net zero by 2020, uh, which was one of those things that uh, that I found really interesting. So uh, I hope this was interesting to you. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Give me any feedback. Uh, You can reach me at matt at hvac360.com. And just send me and see if uh, you like this little article summary that I did. And uh, then I can do more of them. So um, I'm going to do one next week. And uh, then we'll we'll see where uh, where it goes from there. So if you know anybody who's looking for more information about net zero, and consider the consider passing this one along. Um, that's probably the best way that you can get the word out there for HVAC 360 is just to pass along the word to uh, coworkers to. Uh, New people in the industry and to other friends, so I appreciate you. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, consider joining the growing community of people just like you over at HVAC360.com for some more weekly goodness. And obviously, I would be greatly honored if you would consider leaving me a rating on Apple Podcast. Uh, also, as a side note, I do show up on YouTube now. Uh, they're being simultaneously issued. If you don't, uh, even if you don't listen, um, you use your podcast. Uh, App uh, and you don't go on YouTube and listen to it there, I would r- really greatly appreciate you going over and subscribing. And that allows me to do uh, a lot of stuff, even if you don't listen to it there. So I would really, really appreciate that. Well, that's a wrap for this week and this episode of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know.